Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Welcome to the latest episode of Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Gale. This week, we're starting a new series of episodes profiling our head coaches. We'll get to know them a little better, both on the court, on the field, on the ice, whatever surface. Today, I'm glad to be joined by Holy Cross men's basketball head coach, Brett Nelson. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on Seder Stories. Hey, Kevin. It's great to see you. Great to see you again. We've chatted a lot over the last few seasons, and you've talked a bit about your West Virginia roots. I know it's a state with great hoops heritage, Jerry West, Bob Huggins. How did you first fall in love with the game? Yeah, I mean, growing up in the state of West Virginia, was it, it was great. You know, obviously, it's not a highly populated state. And when I was growing up, Kevin, uh, you know, obviously, you know, basketball, football, baseball, that's what we did. You know, we played all sports. Uh, I was I was blessed enough to grow up in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids and um, you know, I fell in love with the game of basketball at an early age, but, uh, you know, obviously there's no professional sports team. So, uh, WBU Western university was, was a professional sports team, whether it be football season, basketball season, whatever it was. So it was a great place to grow up in. You mentioned all the other sports you played, but in high school, you averaged better than 30 points per game. I read, when did you start thinking basketball would be the next step for you in college? That was pretty early. You know, like I said, we we played everything kind of growing up. But once I got, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, I knew basketball was my passion, my love. Um, and really, you know, uh, dedicated everything I had to, to becoming the best player I could become. And, you know, was 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 very fortunate to to, to play for a great high school coach. Um, you know, he had been at the Division II level, Final Four, University of Charleston was a school. And, you know, he's from the area that I grew up in. And, um, you know, he had a huge impact on me. And then I had some great teammates. And, uh, you know, going back to those high school days, that was that was a lot of fun for sure. I'm sure you had a lot of options at the college level when you were leaving high school. But how did the great Providence alum, Billy Donovan, get you down to sign with Florida? Long story short, I grew up about 30 miles from Marshall University. Um, 30, 40 minutes away. Um, when I was going into the eighth grade, my high school team went to Marshall's team camp, um, you know, during the summer. And Billy Donovan had just become the head coach at 28 years old. He had been at Kentucky, I think, for four or five years uh, with Coach Patino there. Uh, he became the head coach there. And, you know, I don't exactly remember remember the ends and outs, but somehow I ended up on the varsity team uh, as an eighth grader um, and, and had a really good weekend of playing in front of him and his staff. And, you know, it just kind of led to, you know, them building a relationship with me, Kevin. And, you know, my, my dad, uh, he would put me in the car and, and I would go down there and, and play pickup with those guys uh, during the offseason a lot. And they had really good play. Obviously, Jason Williams was on that team and got in Keith Beeney, John Brandon. Um, they had some really, really good teams. And, Two years later, um, he became the, the head coach of University of Florida. Um, you know, it was about the time I started high school. So I'd already developed a, re a deep relationship with Coach uh, Donovan and John Pelfrey, Anthony Grant, Donnie Jones, and those guys that were on his staff at the time. And um, that's that's kind of what led me to Florida. Um, you know, I got recruited by a lot of different schools and um, really considered some other schools. But at the end of the day, uh, I had such a deep bond with those guys and Coach Donovan that uh, that's where I decided to go. Well, you were a quick starter, so so you were playing at the high school level in eighth grade, and then as a freshman, you played a key role on that Gators team that went all the way to the national runner-up finish, played in the national championship game. Uh, you beat some Blue Bloods along the way, Duke, UNC, but I'd love to know what stands out most to you from that 2000 season. Yeah, it was an amazing year. Uh, we had a really young team. Uh, we were all pretty much freshmen and sophomores. 
Um, you know, the class in front of me was Mike Miller, Udonis Haslam. Uh, they had a really good group. Um, those guys were sophomores. My class was a guy named Donnell Harvey, was the number one player in the country. Uh, Matt Bonner from up here in New Hampshire uh, came in with me, a guy named Justin Hamilton. We had a, a pretty good four four man class, uh, but we were young and we had a, a, a good regular season. I think we ended up working our way in the top 10, um, you know, for pretty much the, the whole year. Um, had a lot of, of talent, uh, you know, quite a few NBA players on that team. Um, you know, but we really, really hit our stride in March. Uh, we started playing our best basketball. Obviously, we got a lot of experience under our belt. But what sticks out to me, uh, Kevin, is, you know, we played Butler in the first round. And this is when Butler was just really starting to get get going. And, um, you know, it was a back and forth game. Uh, they pretty much led the whole game. And it, it came down to the very end. And, you know, um, I think we were down one. And uh, uh, as, a, as, as the clock was running down, Mike Miller made an unbelievable drive, uh, a little probably about a 10 foot floater um, at the buzzer. Um, we all went crazy. And at that point, you know, um, it all really kind of brought us together. Um, we were a pretty close team. But, you know, at that point, when you see your basketball life flash in front of your eyes, it's like, hey, man, this could be over any minute. And, you know, we were playing 10, 10 guys that year. And at that point, all egos were out the door. Uh, everybody was, was, was about one thing and that was winning. And, you know, we got hot and we really started playing good basketball. I think we beat Illinois in the, in the second round, um, went on to, to beat Duke in the sweet 16 and, and Oklahoma state in the elite eight to play in the final four. And, uh, you know, I think about it every day. We, we, we beat Carolina, but we lost to Michigan state in the national title game. Um, but you know, other than that run and really coming together, the things that really stick out to me and I, I tell recruits this all the time are the relationships you build. You know, being in the locker room, being on road trips, being in the hotels, um, those are the things you don't get back. And um, I was very fortunate and blessed to, to play with some obviously really talented basketball players, but better people um, and, and, and guys I still have, you know, close relationships with today. Uh, you mentioned the great talent around you, Udonis Haslam, still playing in the NBA with the one seed in the East, the Miami Heat. Uh, you went on to graduate from Florida as the all-time leader in three-pointers. You mentioned talking with players today about keys to success. How do you draw on your own experiences as a player in Gainesville? Yeah, for sure. I, I think during my four years, I pretty much went through everything you could go through, Kevin, um, as a player. Uh, I know what it feels like to come off the bench. I know what it feels like to be a starter. I know what it feels like to be the leading scorer. I know what it feels like to have an injury, um, like I did my senior year. Um, I know what it feels like to, to go deep in the tournament. I know what it feels like to get knocked out in the first round and double overtime at the buzzer. Um, you know, so I think for me, drawing on those experiences gives me great perspective for, for, you know, potential, you know, players for us and then our current team, um, you know, but, uh, obviously there's a lot of hard work, um, habits that you have to build each and every day. I think there's a, a mental toughness that, 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 that you build throughout your, your career. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, obviously I would have liked to, to play deeper in this play tournament, my, my, my last three years. Um, but you know, um, I had great experiences with my teammates, um, you know, the guys that coached me, I mentioned Billy Donovan, Anthony Grant, John Pelfrey, Donnie Jones, those guys are still in my life today. I'm 41. Um, you know, so those are life lasting relationships that I have. And then after graduation, you did play briefly professionally in Europe. When did you decide that, that coaching here in the States would be the next step in your career? Yeah. When I was going through my playing career, Kevin, um, I always knew I wanted to coach. Um, I didn't know when I, I thought it, just like every kid I was going to play until I was 35 years old and, and, and you know, and, and make a career of it. 
Um, I did go overseas for a season after I graduated there in, in 2003. And I came back, I went to summer league with the New York Knicks um, and uh, training camp and I ended up obviously not making the team. And I was kind of at a crossroads. Um, you know, at that point, I kind of realized I probably wouldn't want to play in the NBA. Um, that dream was, was was passed. You think about it, there's only, you know, 4,000 or so people, 5,000 people that have played in that league um, in the history of the NBA. It's, it's a hard league to play in. Um, but I realized that, that that dream wasn't going to happen. I could have gone back overseas. I had some options and some opportunities of some some teams in Europe that wanted me to come back. Um, but I decided to, to go ahead and get in this crazy coaching world at 23 years old and start building my career. And uh, it was, a, it was a, the right decision at the time. Not saying it was easy because to this day, I, I miss playing. I love to play. Um, I'd love to get out there and play every single day. But, um, you know, that's, that's that's kind of the process that I went through. And, and, and obviously it, it brought me here to Holy Cross uh, a few years later. And I remember you saying earlier this season when there were some COVID cases and some injuries like every team in the country was facing, uh, you got out there and balled a little bit in practice. And I believe you said you can still talk a little bit of trash, right? Yeah, you know, you, when you get out there, you got to have fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, dealing with what we've dealt with the last couple of years, uh, obviously with COVID, but the injuries. There's times that you got to jump out there and it makes sure you, you you get it done. And, you know, uh, once you're a competitor, you're always a competitor. And uh, sometimes that comes out. I loved how you said you've really played from every position. You've, you've experienced everything as a player. You've also worked a lot of different positions on staff. You started out as a director of basketball ops at Colorado State and then at VCU. As you transitioned from on the court to behind the scenes, what were some of the best lessons that you learned early on? I just think going, you know, in this profession, you know, when you when you start, I guess it's the bottom, um, but you, you start in a, a a role where you have to do everything. Those first two years as director of operations, you got to do everything from travel to ordering food to academics to running camp. You you, you name it, um, dealing with your players, you know, on a constant basis. Um, you you name it, you do it. And I think you learn through experience. It was it was invaluable for me. I think it really prepared me, Kevin, to be in the position I'm in uh, because I have grace for what our director of operations go through. I have grace for what our assistant coaches go through. And, you know, I was very fortunate over a 14 year span during my, that time before I became a head coach, I worked for a lot of different guys at all different levels. Uh, I really think it's given me uh, a great perspective and prepared me for the job I currently have, because I know what it feels like uh, to, to, to be in each one of those positions. So um, I wouldn't trade it for, for the world. You know, one thing, uh, you know, that, that I look back on that has really helped me. I've worked for a lot of different types of head coaches as well. You know, at the end of the day, you got to be who you are and you got to trust your instincts and, you know, trust yourself and be who you are. But, you know, there's things that I've taken from other guys. There's things that I don't do that other guys do and uh, kind of mold it into to, to how we're running this program here. I think what a lot of people don't understand, Coach, away from college basketball is how difficult it is to get to the position that you're in. So I just want to rattle off some of these schools. Let me know if I forget any. Marshall, Arkansas, Drake, Paul State, Marquette, all these stops along the way. During that path, you know, did you ever start to question how hard it would be to get to the top, what the what the future destination would look like? Because it takes a level of determination and focus to really climb through the ranks. You know what? I never thought that way. You know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm a guy that lives in the present, tries to live in the moment. Yeah. There's times all of us think about the past and, you know, worry about the future at times, but uh, I'm a guy that really, you know, I, I try to be where my feet are. And I think it in, in this profession, just like anything, if you're constantly worried about like how to get to someplace, you're not doing the best job you can where you're at. 
And my mindset is I was going through that journey and I'm still going through that journey, right. you know, is like wherever I'm at right here, right now, I want to be the best version of myself and continue to grow and get better. And, you know, uh, when you're in operations, you're assistant coaching, you're, you're doing all that. My, my mindset was, how can I make our head coach look good? What can I do to, to, to make his job easier? How can I make our players better? What can I do to help them improve on a daily basis? Um, so, you know, whether it be on the court, recruiting, uh, admin, whatever it was, as an assistant, that was, that was my mindset. And I still have that mindset, you know, as the head coach, how can I help our assistants? How can I help our players? How can I help our administration? You know, whatever it may be. Um, I try to really, really be present in, in anything that I do. So as you're going through it, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not a straight line and, you know, there's ups and downs, but as long as you're continuing to push that rock up the hill and, and, and you're improving, that was my mindset. Are there any specific accomplishments along the way during your time as an assistant coach that really stand out to you or make you proudest about the work you've done so far? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to think about the, the times that you obviously win and you play in this play tournament, you know, but I think it goes back to, you know, the relationships I have with a lot of the players that I've coached, um, you know, and, and staying in contact with those guys and also, you know, overcoming adversity. You know, there's times where you have hard seasons or, you know, you, you, you go through a, a coaching change and you're sitting there in the springtime looking for a job. You know, um, I think overcoming those, I think that builds character, that builds toughness. And you, you really dig deep and you, you, you grow during those times. Um, so, you know, I embrace those those moments of adversity when things are stacked against you, when things are hard. Like that, that's that, that's when you find out what you're made of. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we'll have more of our conversation with Holy Cross men's basketball head coach, Brett Nelson, right here on Seder Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. Run, roll, walk. Massachusetts is getting moving again. And UMass Memorial Healthcare is here to do our part. Push, pull. We're the region's leader in orthopedics with more doctors, more expertise, and more locations than anyone else. Stir, kick, get moving again with UMass Memorial Healthcare's orthopedics experts. Appointments available now. Call 855 UMass MD. UMass Memorial Healthcare a proud sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics. Just across Worcester, WPI graduate students are collaborating on solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Their innovations are transforming everyday lives. And our alumni have rewarding careers in robotics and data science to advance manufacturing and business. What will your impact be? Start exploring today at wp.wpi.edu forward slash grad explore. Welcome back to Seder Stories. I'm your host, Kevin Gale, joined by Holy Cross head men's basketball coach, Brett Nelson. Coach, we've talked a lot about your path so far to Holy Cross. Let's find out a little bit more about how it's going so far on top of the hill. What's it been like for your family to make the move here to Massachusetts and make it your home over the last four years? It's been unique. Um, it's, 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 it's been good, you know, uh, but it's been very unique the last three years. You think about it, you know, not getting a job until July and, and then them moving here. I think they moved here late September, early October. And uh, my son at the time, I think was eight years old. So him starting school and then 
we had a, a global pandemic hit. So it's, it, it's been challenging. It's been unique, but it's been good. You know, obviously uh, they're the rock of everything that, uh, you know, we do as a family and, and I'm very blessed and fortunate to, to have an unbelievable wife and, you know, have a, uh, have a great son. And we talked about the toll that, you know, coaching can take on a family, the career path that stretches you all over the country. You know, what's most important in maintaining those relationships with, with your partner, with your children, as you go through the course of this career? I think obviously communication is a big part, but it's always a work in progress. Um, you know, we're constantly working to, to, to become just like, obviously you have a team uh, that you coach, you know, from a basketball perspective, you, you got a team at home and I think it's always a work in progress. Um, I still got a lot of work to do there, Kevin. And, 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 and we're, we're obviously growing as a family. And uh, like I said, I'm just very fortunate and I feel very, you know, um, thankful to have a very supportive wife who's the rock of our family and, and a healthy son who's continued to grow and develop and um, very, very grateful. Oh, that's great to hear. One of the things you and I talked about early on is no excuses during the pandemic. Everybody was facing their own challenges. I'm curious how maybe some of the challenges of the last two years have made you or your staff better coaches in terms of the way you've learned to be maybe more flexible or more creative in the way you recruit and coach on a daily basis. You've had to. You've had to adapt. You've had to be flexible. It's it, it has been a challenge. But as I told our team, I've told our staff, there are no excuses. No one cares. <laughs> you know, you, you got to keep pushing forward. You got to keep growing. You got to keep getting better. Um, you know, but it, but it has been a challenge and we've had to adapt at times. And, you know, you think a day is going to look one way. And next thing you know, you get a phone call and you got to make a U-turn or, you know, go a different direction. And you just got to keep it moving. And, you know, you, I think communication is key, um, obviously, with your players. But also in, in all areas. Um, so it has been unique, but uh, there's there's no excuses to be made uh, from our end. We, you know, I'm, I'm excited about how we're building this program, where we're at, where we're heading. And um, I continue to see us on a, a path of improvement, um, you know, and I'm excited about where we're heading, Kevin. Yeah, no question. Early last season, we saw so many challenges. We mentioned you jumping into practice games because I think there were days when you were maybe only seven deep in terms of available players. But then once we got into Patriot League season, you could see something, a switch really flipped with that team. Where do you think that group last season improved the most along the way? Yeah, I think that, you know, in the in the non-league, even before the non-league, as we were practicing, like you said, it was just choppy is the word you know, with injuries, with some guys in, some guys out with COVID, with, you know, uh, we started a season with fans and then all of a sudden there were no fans and then some fans. So it was just unique, even being on campus for our, 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 our student athletes, not just, you know, our players, but everybody, you know, two years ago, there were no students here, you know, so our guys were doing everything online last year. There were some students, but with restrictions. So I just think it, it's been choppy, but to go back to your original question, you know, why do we start playing better, you know, in conference play? I think, you know, a, a couple factors. Number one, we started getting healthy. You know, um, we were dealing with uh, a very, you know, a, a team that, that we had a lot of injuries in the non-league. We were dealing with youth, I think, getting healthy, you know, gaining experience. And then just being very frank, you know, like, obviously, you know, there are no excuses. But as we were going through the non-league, you know, we weren't building the habits necessary to play good basketball you know, at the, at the level we needed to. And, you know, we went on a COVID pause. We made a few changes, um, you know, and our guys really started being a lot more consistent with how they practiced, how they approached everything. And we were starting to build habits, which were able to translate to, to the court. And uh, I think we won five out of six there in the, in the middle league play. Uh, Would have liked to finish the season, obviously, a lot stronger. We were right there. 
Um, but it took, you know, uh, a, a great deal of effort and, you know, our guys persevering to build those habits necessary. And, and, and we're, we're not going to go through that next year, Kevin. Um, we're we're, we're going to build the right habits and do what we're supposed to do from the jump. And um, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what the te- this team's going to, to, to look like. Absolutely. We're excited to see it too. And as you set goals for next season, trying to continue those good habits, you know, where do you want to see this team land? What would it take for you to say next season is a success in your mind as you continue building in season four? Yeah, I think that uh, we finally got some experience. We have some guys coming back. Uh, I want to see us continue to grow and get better. Obviously, we want to win every single game, Kevin. <laughs> I know that's what the fans want to hear. Like, we want to go undefeated. Every single time we, we lace them up, our goal is to win. I don't care who we're playing. Um, is that going to happen? Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, but for us, I want to see us continue to grow and get better and obviously have a great start to the season. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to have a non-league record like we did this year. Uh, I plan on, you know, really, really from the jump. Obviously, it's Drew Gates' senior year. Um, we got some guys returning with some experience. I'm really excited about the, the guys we've added. Uh, we're going to add, you know, two or three more pieces here uh, this spring. Um, and then uh, our goal is to, to, to be at the top of the Patriot League. I mean, there's, there's, we're, we're not playing for second place. And I told our guys that, you know, already this spring, like our goal is to, to come in and win this league uh, next season. And, and, you know, it excites me to, to see the fire, um, the passion, uh, what I've seen from our players uh, this spring, Kevin, you know, I've seen a, a group of guys and, you know, all of them from, from G to, to, to Bo Montgomery, Caleb Kenny, the guy Duluth, to the, the guys that are returning, you know, like I really feel like they're on a mission and it's, it's finally as a coach, it's, it's not me driving it all the time. These guys have really taken ownership of that this spring, you know, with what I've seen in the weight room with our workouts, um, you know, and I really believe that, that we're on a mission. So I'm, I'm pumped up about that. Let's talk about a couple of those specific returning players, starting with G, a.k.a. Jarrell Gates. You talk about fire and passion. There were games last year where he just completely took over. From my seat on the sidelines calling these games, I didn't see a more impactful player to his team in the Patriot League. How critical was it to have him back for this next go around? It was huge. You know, he, he was a guy that, you know, like you said, in my opinion, I know he, I think he was second team. He should have been first team yeah. all Patriot league. Um, there was no question. He was, he was, you know, the most important guy um, with what we did last year, you know, um, on our team, but I thought he was one of the best players in our league. Um, you know, I expect him to, to do, you know, the same thing next year, but in the non-league, you know, he didn't, he started off with an injury, never really got healthy. Um, and, and once January rolled around, man, he started getting in shape, started getting healthy and he got, he got in the rhythm and, you know, he, he was, he was obviously a, an important piece for us. I expect him to continue that. But the thing about G and, and a lot of our guys, I mean, you look at across the board, Jarrell got better you know, from his first year with us to, to, to last year. And I expect him to make another jump and I give him all the credit. He, you know, he worked really, really hard on his game and getting in shape and all the things we've talked about to, to, to improve. And he's going to do that again this year. I have no doubt about that. When you talk about developing talent, look no further than Nolan Dorsey and Caleb Kenny. You could see each game. They were getting more confident, more impactful and adding new facets to their game. What do you think is the next level of their development as they return? Yeah, I think obviously both guys are are important to us. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously they're different types of players, but both guys just stayed the course. They kept growing and getting better, and they gained experience. You know, Nolan, to me, was just like Caleb. I mean, he was really a, a freshman last year. It was really his first year of college basketball in, in the way I looked at it. And, 
you know, both those guys, you know, worked hard. They continue to listen. They continue to grow and, and obviously play big roles for us. And I expect the same, you know, this coming season. And Bo Montgomery bringing a lot of minutes back. What kind of leadership role do you see him stepping into? Yeah, Bo's, Bo's grown each and every year that he's been with us uh, on and off the court. Uh, you know, I'm going to put him in a, a big time leadership role, you know, obviously with with his actions, you know, and his habits and bringing it every single day. Uh, Bo's a guy that's been in our, our system, our program for two years. Um, he's going to be a junior. Um, and, and I'm expecting him to make a big, big time jump and be a leader, you know, within our program. When we started this call, before we got on air, I, I asked you if you've had any downtime yet. And you said, well, still out here recruiting. I know that that next recruiting class, that transfer class is still a work in progress. I know you can't really talk in most specific terms, but in general, what can we expect from new additions joining your program next year? Well, uh, obviously we announced it in the fall, but signing Will Batchelder um, was a big, big time you know, deal for for our program. I, I think Will's going to be a terrific player uh, here at Holy Cross. And I expect him to have a huge role in our team this coming year. Uh, he's a guy that is, he loves the game of basketball. He's a worker. He's passionate. Uh, he's very, very skilled, um, you know, offensively. He's a competitor. So he fits everything that we're about in our program. So really excited about Will. Uh, and then obviously this, this spring, we were able to sign a transfer from Air Force and Joe Octave, who's produced at a high level uh, in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, he's versatile. Um, he plays both ends of the court. Um, he's a guy that I feel like is an immediate impact guy uh, and is really, really going to help take us to another level. Um, and then obviously with the other guys, I, I can't comment uh, quite yet, but um, I'm expecting to you know, continue to add really good pieces who fit who we are, uh, Kevin. And by all accounts, Will is a kid who can really shoot it. Can he shoot it like a young Brett Nelson? <laughs> he can really shoot it. I'm going to challenge him when he gets here. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's a, he's a dead-eye shooter. And uh, the thing about him, he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off the catch. He can do it off the move. So I'm really excited about Will and Joe. Both those guys are going to be terrific players for us. And listen, I, I haven't done the math. I guess it'd be class of like 2032 or something like that, but there might be another future recruit out there. Your son, Eli, I hear is developing into quite a player. Can you give me a quick scout? Oh man, he's, he's, he, he's fun. Um, he's 11 years old. You know, he's, he's really getting into it. You know, he's always liked to play, uh, but you know, I, whatever he is, I tell him all the time, man, I, I just want to be passionate about whatever he does, whether it's basketball, baseballs, whatever it is. And, you know, he's, he's starting to grow and, and love the game. And in the position I'm in, um, you know, he's around the gym all the time. He's around our players. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be a pretty good little player. That's excellent. Coach, before we wrap this up, just wanted to fire off a couple quick questions for you. We're calling this get to know the coach. Uh, just a couple quick ones here for you. So don't think too hard about it. Uh, your favorite sport other than basketball right now? Favorite sport is golf. Um, I wish I could play more, um, but I, I enjoy getting out on that golf course, getting away. Uh, and also, you know, I have no problem watching some golf on the weekend. If I have time. Where's your favorite place to play in central mass where you've been getting out there to swing. I haven't, I haven't got the, since I became a head coach, Kevin, man, I don't have time. Uh, <laughs> I get out there every once in a while. I wish I could play more favorite restaurant in central mass. Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, some of the ones here in town that we go to Volturno, if you want some pizza, we go to Volturno. We really like going down to public market, um, and, you know, down there by polar park. They got some good spots in there. Um, what's it? Sole proprietor. Uh, we take recruits there. That's a, that's a good spot. So just off the top of my head, those are a few. 
when you're not watching hoops, maybe you and your wife are watching a TV show. What are you streaming? What are you watching at home? That's not basketball. We haven't watched one in a while, but I will say, I don't even know how long ago, but Friday night lights, we, yeah, we, got, into, we got into that. I don't know. What was that? Probably five, six, seven years ago. Uh, that was a great show. Uh, I think my wife's watched it for the, I think second or third time. She's, she's, she's on that DVR watching it, you know, again right now, but that was a good one. How are you and coach Taylor most similar as coach? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's, he was great. Wasn't he in that show? That was awesome. Best sporting event you've ever attended as a fan, as a player, you played at the pinnacle in Indianapolis in the national championship game. Best game you've been to as a fan. Best game I've been to as a fan. Um, you know, when I was at uh, Marquette, we went to a Packer game. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I forget who they were playing, but it was a close game and a guy intercepted a pass to, to pretty much win the game. Just being in that environment was neat. I know I can't say that here in Patriot country. Um, I haven't been to a Patriots game, but uh, I plan to get to one. Just off the top of my head, that, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool event. Yeah, we'll get you down to Foxborough. Your favorite <laughs> basketball player all time. It's got to, you got to go with Michael Jordan. I know that's a, that's an easy one, but of course he's the goat. He's, uh, he's the best. That's generational people our age. There's, there's no debate in my mind. Okay. Uh, most famous person you've ever met coach. Uh, well, we were the final four, uh, Muhammad Ali lock, walked in our locker room. And wow. We all got to meet him. It was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty surreal. Um, that was one thing neat about playing in the final four. I mean, Magic Johnson came to the locker room. There were a lot of people that, that popped in there after we beat North Carolina in the semifinal, which was very neat. That's unbelievable. And then lastly, I got to ask, what's your favorite spot on Holy Cross's campus? The Heart Center. <laughs> that's, a, that's an easy one. Um, you know, obviously, I love being in a gym. I'm a gym rat. Um, even this morning, uh, I'll go down there in the dark and I'll just walk circles and, you know, get get my steps in, Kevin, and and, and just kind of wind down. So definitely the Heart Center. That's, that's my favorite spot. And it's even better when the fans are back in there. I know the football team and the other student athletes were there this year. When that place is rocking, it's a special place, isn't it? It is, man. Uh, we have a great, great environment here. And the gym, the size of the gym is perfect. What they've done to the gym, the video boards. Um, I'm looking forward to having a normal year this year, having that place full and, and rocking, getting our students back up here and uh, having a great season. Well, Coach, this has been great. I get the opportunity to talk to you every single week during basketball season. Thank you again for all your time. It's been great to share your story and let uh, Crusader Nation learn a little bit more about you. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Kevin. Good to see you. Good to see you too. We hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Seder Stories. If you did, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you did like the show, give us a five-star review. It's the best way for other crusaders to find our show. We thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Kevin Gale. This has been Seder Stories. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!